the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. We have a couple of special guests today. This is a fun show. We have Mike Nelson and Bill Corbett of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks. If you're familiar with uh, those programs and what they're all about, and if you're not, I'll explain. This should be a really fun show. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Wonderful. Good. Great. Thanks for taking time to chat a little bit today. You bet. Yeah. Maybe we could start off. I like to assume that folks aren't familiar with something so they can get familiar quickly. Can you give a Reader's Digest version of what Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, and Rift Tracks are? Just a little bit of a background for it and or history of it. Sure. We are the clowns that you may have seen in past uh, making smart aleck comments over movies. Mystery Science said the little silhouette of us talking and, and looking at the picture. And Rift Tracks is, is sort of an extension of that. Um, three of us from that show, we uh, clown around to movies. And we're doing it uh, live in front of an audience and, and beamed around to the country in, you know, I think over 600 theaters coming up. That's crazy. That's a great thing. And, you know, uh, among other things, historically speaking, uh, in a Mystery Science Theater 3000 was voted to be, I think Time Magazine had a, a list a number of years ago, and it was one of the top 100 TV shows of all time. Not a bad accolade. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we, uh, we edged out NYPD Blues or something. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the, uh, the live show. Uh, what goes into the production of that, and what's, what are folks in store for? Well, our first show is uh, Octoman, which I think is almost the, the platonic ideal of like a monster movie uh, picture with a guy in a rubber suit flinging his tentacles at people and somehow they die from that. It's, it's kind of unclear, but uh, it, it's, it's great because it's so that picture you have of it, it's like somebody made a parody of those movies, but it's deadly serious. And uh, so, yeah, we script it out. We, we do all of our gags, and we're, we're up in front of the audience doing them live. And, uh, you know, for us, it's, we, we do a lot of in-studio stuff, so this is a chance to, to really uh, get in front of an audience and hear those laughs. And it's very infectious when it starts going around in the theater. I mean, it's just, I, I dare say, I, I humbly say, I don't think there's more laughs in a, in a theater experience than, than what we can provide. That's fine. I think the Octoman one is is uh, next week, and then there's more coming up in June and August as well. So Mike Nelson and Bill Corbett with Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Riff Tracks on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. The live show that you're doing, what's the history behind that? You've done this before, right? Or is it yeah, it's that? actually been uh, 10 years starting this year. We did our first one in... Uh, 2009, starting with Plan 9 from Outer Space, a kind of classic bad Ed Wood movie. Okay. And we've done somewhere between three and four every year. One year we did two. 
But so this, we have quite a few of these under our belt at this point. Okay. The Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, series, I know over the, over the years, uh, was kind of just historically speaking, too, for, for listeners to appreciate, it was one of the first shows on Comedy Central, right? That, I mean, that, and it was there for a number of years. So it's a, a, a landmark program in that uh, regard as well. Yeah, that was, uh, we started in 1989, if you can believe that. And uh, so I think we had, I forget how many episodes, I believe something like 130, Bill, something like that. But Rift Tracks now, we're, we're well over that number. So we've, we, Rift Tracks has been around for 12 years, and we've been doing these live shows for 10. So, man, we're, we're racking up some uh, movies here. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. What went into the process of the movies that, that wound up being chosen for MST3000? Well, for both Rift Tracks and uh, Mystery Science, we screen them and, uh, well, we see what we can get. It's a combination of what's available from public domain and what we can kind of just, you know, get the rights to. Right. Um, and one of us or a bunch of us would just sort of go through big batches of them and still do and uh, see what we think would work. And the only real criteria is it's is it something we think we can make significantly funnier with our with our joking around. Yes. Chat with Mike Nelson and Bill Corbett uh, with uh, Riff Tracks, also previously Mystery Science Theater 3000. Talk about the process of riffing, if you would, just any aspect of it that would help folks understand what goes into riffing and the, what makes it good or, or the different dynamics to it, facets to it. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a lot of work beforehand because uh, when we get up there, we want to have, you know, we have a script that's pretty buttoned down. And the end goal is to you know, be very relaxed and just have a ton of fun with this. And that takes a lot of work up front. So we do a lot of writing, a lot of refining of the script. Now that we have enough experience with live shows, we kind of know how it's different from doing it in studio. The pace is a little different. Uh, you know, we got to have a little more room to breathe and uh, shorter jokes. And so there's a lot of technical stuff that goes into it so that when we get on stage, it can just be a lot of fun and we we can know we just have to trust the words that we've written and and do it and uh you know for all of them generally it's worked pretty well yeah mike nelson bill corbett of mystery science theater uh, 3000 it was on comedy central one of the first shows that actually helped launch comedy central and then wound up uh, being on the sci-fi channel for a few years and in more recent times mike and uh, bill been associated with riff tracks which is having this nationwide release uh, where they perform in one spot and then it's broadcast to hundreds of theaters nationwide. The whole process of riffing, though, like just sitting around and making comments about the movies that you're watching. In the early days, I, I, I understood it was kind of a, a script or unscripted, right? Or at what point was it uh, shifting over to maybe being scripted? How did that all work? Yeah, it was a very, a very short window, I think, when it was just finding uh, its kind of it's it's bit really the show and i think the original idea was kind of backed into but it just became apparent with like the length of a movie if you're going to improv joke sometimes you'll hit it sometimes you're missed but you'll have a lot of stretches of people just you know in silhouette looking at movies so um yeah just like thinking about it a little bit beforehand and writing some jokes down became formalized pretty early into the process. My understanding is, uh, on a side note, that you have a riff track available for Sharknado. Is that right? Or no? Yeah, we did Sharknado. We did two Sharknados in, uh, in the live show environment. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, those are it, they're a little bit tricky because they're 
in some sense, obviously, meant to be kind of funny. Right. So uh, it's a tricky endeavor to kind of go around that and still get laughs out of it. But uh, they were pretty successful. Some people, I have friends who came to it because we did a show in Minneapolis where I live, and friends came, and I was like, oh, boy, this is risky. Uh, my, my friends, uh, they, uh, they never knew what I did, and now they're going to see it. And uh, they loved it. It's yeah. still their favorite thing they've ever seen. I understand, too. Uh, you know, WFIL here in Philly has a long history. Uh, I share this on the air sometimes. You know, it was like Dick Clark, American Bandstand. It was rock, you know, top 40. And then it was country for a while, adult contemporary. We're actually a Salem station now, and we have on this station is a Christian teaching and talk station. And I would just tell you myself, being a Christian, you know, God, uh, to me, is the, sense, the originator of humor. And I understand, I think, Mike, at least that's part of your background, too, being a believer. Is that is that correct? Or Yes, yes, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. So how did that? Uh, very, yeah, go ahead. very few jokes about it during our show, but um, right. I'm, I'm going to start doing it now. Well, no, I mean, in terms of how that leads you to doing such you know, creative work. I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not a oil and water thing. It's actually an extension, probably, of your faith. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, for me. I, it's part of you know the joy of life and sharing that with other people is uh, is, is a lovely thing. That's great. Well, Mike and Bill, appreciate your time. And uh, again, next week is the is the first one, the Octoman one. And then I think there's Star Raiders, and then there's this giant spider invasion. Well, we did a uh, giant spider invasion way back in the Mystery Science Theater days. So this will be a re uh, a re riffing of it with whole new jokes. And uh, the uh, Star Raiders is just a find. We have Casper Van Dien from um, uh, Starship Troopers, and it's very silly, cheap sort of. Uh, computer effects budget stuff and uh yeah i think i think it's a really good mix and a really good menu of funny stuff is there a best way for folks to keep up on uh on the you know, the live shows and riff tracks in general yeah our site has all right there on the uh, front page if you go to riff tracks which is r-i-f-f-t-r-a-x.com Excellent. mike and bill thank you so much for your time have a great rest of your day Pleasure. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Riff Tracks. Spend a little time on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. And WFIL.com. Sing together now. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's the morning. When the world seems to Do you think that Dean like Martin and I would have get along pretty well, Joe? Yeah, he and Dean and I are synonymous. You? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the morning. We are... Glad to bring you into our fine program at this point, uh, Ed Harris and Rachel Riley with the Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Tell us about this uh, this tournament. How did it get started in the first place? It's been around for a few years, I understand. If you're a math geek, so to speak, you're familiar with a, a holiday that's celebrated on 3.14, which is Pie Day. Right. And we decided to post our top 10 pizza pies on Pie Day a few years ago. And it seemed like a great idea until we got tons of backlash. Uh, lots of people were unhappy with our top 10 pizza shops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we quickly tried to manage that, all the feedback we were getting on Facebook, and decided to come up with a tournament where we had 
lots of different Montgomery County pizza shops face off against each other to crown a best pizza in Montgomery County. Wow. So that happened, what, the following year? You were, the first year was just kind of a learning experience, and then the tournament started the following year? Yeah, actually, we started it that year. They, the team immediately jumped on that social media response and decided to, you know, put it in the hands of customers who are frequenting these pizza shops and let them tell us, you know, who their favorite places were. So we actually started it in 2016. Yeah, it definitely grew from there. I think we had 32 pizza shops in that first year. It's now up to 64, which kind of matches the 64-team NCAA men's basketball tournament. So it's, it's, it's kind of great timing for this. And you mentioned backlash, but, of course, when you're talking pizza, it can only be so severe, right? It's, it's <laughs> about their local pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from neighborhood to neighborhood across Montgomery County, which is a big place to begin with, there's there's definitely a lot of passion when it comes to who has the best pizza. Yeah. Ed Harris and Rachel Riley are with us with the Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board. And uh, before we go further, just take a second and explain what each of you do with uh, with the work with Valley Forge and Montgomery County. Sure, thanks. So I'm I'm Rachel. I'm the director of communications here. So I oversee all of our media outreach as well as social media um, and things like that. And Ed is our chief marketing officer, and Ed can tell you what he does. Okay. Yes, and I'm very lucky because I get to work with an awesome group of people like Rachel every day to really tell the story of what's happening throughout Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and the Valley Forge area. And uh, I've been here for five years as of next week. So mm-hmm. I'm celebrating a five-year anniversary. It's been five amazing years being able to build some of these um, initiatives like Mako's Best Pizza. That's great. Of course, in college hoops over the weekend, they had their final four with Virginia knocking off Auburn. Very controversial game and uh, exciting game. And then there was also, I guess, Texas Tech beat Michigan State. So tonight in college hoops, you have the actual championship game between Virginia and Texas Tech. My understanding is that the Monco's Best Pizza Tournament also had its final four over the weekend, or where do things stand with that? Yeah, we're actually down to our final two, um, and it's Palermo's in uh, Bluebell and Via Veneto's in Norristown. Okay. And folks have until Wednesday, uh, April 10th to vote, and then we will announce the winner on Friday, April 12th. Now, how do people vote? How do they get involved at this point? If anyone's looking for a good excuse to get out and not cook and go try pizza, if technically, Rachel, they could vote without leaving the house, but if they really want to be sure, they should probably go and try it so they can know what they're voting for. <laughs> they definitely should go try it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to try pizza and, yeah. and then vote for their favorite? But we actually had um, an Instagram influencer take over our account um, last week for the Final Four and did just that. She went out to all four places and, you know, tried which one she liked and, and talked about the, the different experiences. So. Uh, have you and Ed gone out? Have you guys made yourselves, you know, it's any good responsible person in management should be out there on the field, don't you think? <laughs> Well, we're both residents of Monco, and we do get to try a lot of pizza. In fact, sometimes pizzas mysteriously show up at our office at lunchtime. Mm. But, um, <laughs> Thankfully. There, there, it was, it's really been eye-opening um, before we started this. You know, I had no idea the quality of pizza we have right in Philadelphia's backyard across Montgomery County. It's just been awesome to be a part of it and, and taste test a lot of it and unfortunately put on a few pounds. But <laughs> it's, it's a great thing we look forward to now every March. Well, and as far as you uh, 
putting on those pounds there, you, you know, take it for the team, right? So I know you're probably <laughs> good, good leaders are good. They, they, they lead by example. So I'm, I'm <laughs> but now let me, let me ask you this. How did the actual, the field of 64 qualify? Cause you, you, it sounds like you probably had a lot of people who had ideas. Was there a window where you could nominate whoever you wanted, then a voting process to get that 64 field set before the, you know, continuing from there? Yep, that's exactly what happens. Um, in February, February 1st, each year we open up the nominations on our social media channels, and that's how we get the count. Um, and normally we, we have to narrow it down um, to 64 because there are more than that in the county as far as pizza goes. So we have to, you know, kind of narrow that field down so that we can make it more of like a March Madness-like type tournament. We're chatting with uh, Ed Harris and Rachel Riley with Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board in Montgomery County. There's a lot of other stuff going on in, in addition, but we're specifically talking about Monco's Best Pizza, the tournament that's been happening they're down to the final two. Tell us, though, like how each matchup was determined and how they technically win their matchup. So um, we try to do it different each year. Previously, it's been like geographically. Um, this year, we, we sort of did that, but we tried to be fair as far as like types of pizza. Yeah. So we had different categories that we put folks into. Um, so, you know, we try to change it up so that way no one thinks that it's fixed or, you know, there's no favorites as, as far as internally. Uh, I mean, we might have our favorites, but right. but we don't, we're not part of the, the process. We, we try to be unbiased um, and really leave it in the hands of the people in my Montgomery County and yeah. outside you've come here for to enjoy our pizza. Is there a way for listeners to see, you know, who was in the field of 64 and maybe get an idea of who was nominated and, and, and also see how things have unfolded at this point or? Absolutely. Yeah. You can see our, the nominations on our Facebook page. Um, if you go back to our, you know, February post, um, you can see how everybody submitted. And then at valleyforge.org slash pizza, the bracket, including all 64, is still there. So you can see kind of where it started um, and then kind of go through and see where it's, where it's ended up. Yeah. Do the pizzerias themselves uh, have to do anything as far as – or is there is there a, a personalization on their side? Like we're known for delicious you know, pepperoni, thick crust is the best or whatever. That's a great point. Um, in fact, occasionally we get uh, feedback around tomato pie versus pizza. Yeah. That's often a hot topic right. uh, because there's a lot of different varieties of pizza out there. But one other, thing we, one other thing we do to help the pizza shops is we give them a marketing kit once they make it into the field, which includes a poster for their pizza shop. Uh, it includes magnets that are branded with this year's pizza tournament logo, uh, slips that they can put in their pizza boxes to encourage their customers to vote. And we really have a lot of fun with it. But, yeah, there's, there's tons of variety we're finding. The, the more we learn every year about this pizza tournament, and it really does go to all the different corners of the county. I think the variety is what we really enjoyed. Like some places are just known for their plain. They have the best plain pizza or margarita or something to that effect. And other places are known for, you know, their corn pizza, which has corn on it and prosciutto. And, you know, that, that last year's winter Bravo pizza in Worcester, that was one of the things that they're known for. So it's really interesting to see what people are looking for in their pizza place and, and how these guys push that forward to their customers, whether it's, just sticking with traditional or, you know, trying something new and different. It's, it's really cool to say. We'll continue our conversation when the Tim DeMoss Show returns on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL 
and WFIL.com. Been chatting with Ed Harris and Rachel Riley with the Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board on AM560 WFIL. How about for you guys? Did you did you have a favorite or, or a gem you discovered uh, that you weren't aware of along your research? I mean, for me, again, I'm a Montgomery County resident, too, so both of my places are out, sadly, (laughs) and I did vote for them because we are allowed to vote once it goes through. But So I think for me what's really great to see is, like, even just the places near me or near near where I work um, and hearing the types of things they offer or, you know, I mean, it's like having your own personal, you know, Google reviewer or Yelp you know, come yeah. through right. um, by by folks who you know have have tried it and, and it's true and, and it's good. Yeah. Now I was just going to say, as an Upper Merriam resident, there's tons of great pizza shops and I can't pick one, but I will give a shout out to places like Angelo's, uh, Famous George's, uh, Franzone's, um, Little Sicily. I could go on and on. <laughs> King of Prussia, Upper Merriam, and Bridgeport, that whole area has some great pizza. Yeah, and on one hand, you might think there's only so many pizza shops that there could be, but on the other hand, it's such a basic, great thing that there really is room for a lot of them, and especially if you are consistent and do a great job, you know, you could build a following and, and be around for a long time. And to that end, having lots of pizza shops around shouldn't be surprising. That's the other thing that we see with this tournament, too, is, and one thing that I like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the storyteller in the group, um, you know, with PR and social. So I love all the stories um, behind some of these businesses. You know, we get to support these mom-and-pop shops who normally wouldn't necessarily have marketing dollars, you know, to throw at something like this. So shining the spotlight on them and hearing a lot of these families came from directly from Italy, you know, generation after generation, and they've been open for like 40 years, and they have customers who then come back with their kids, their grandkids, and, you know, it's just really so long-lasting um, and really family-oriented and community-oriented. That really sounds great. Yeah, and, and to your point, WFIL has been in, you know in this market for many many years and and uh, but you know we we've had like Dick Clark and American Bandstand and the formats have changed over the years and one of the things we're hoping to do and one of the reasons we wanted to have you guys on is because we want to build you know a rapport more and more with the community and so this really fits that nicely and and what you guys are doing sounds like it, it really does too and you're probably even getting surprised yourselves year after year the direction it takes and the growth it has. It's become, quite frankly, our largest traffic driver of the year in terms of web traffic because people keep coming back week after week to help their neighborhood pizza shop win, and we've seen it expand internationally. There's um, relatives of pizza shop owners in Montgomery County who live throughout Italy, and when we can look at data and where people are voting from, it's, it's really cool to see some of these small towns in Italy that have a connection to the families here running the pizza shops. And, Rachel, just, of course, Valley Forge is a very historical area. Is there a kind of an ongoing thing that may not be a specific calendar date event, but something that's available for people? Absolutely. So, obviously, the park um, is a big one, known nationally and internationally. Um, so, folks can definitely check that out. They give trolley tours. You can rent bikes there. Um, and there's lots of fun things for the kids. You can become a junior ranger, um, so that's really fun um, and, and very historical. Um, but we also have, you know, the best shopping in the country between King of Prussia Mall and some of our downtowns and even the outlets. Um, Montgomery County is also home to 53 golf courses, so that's 300,000 yards to play. The weather is warming up. Um, <laughs> perfect true. time to tee off. You can. There's information about that on our site as well. Um, so there's definitely lots to do, and there's other historical sites too. Um, besides the park, we do push our Patriot Trails 
um, so people can find information on that. There's about a dozen historic sites throughout Montgomery County um, that people can check out. That's great. Thanks for taking time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks so much for having us. All right. Ed Harris and Rachel Riley with the Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board. Joe, I'm thinking road trip. Yeah? Yeah. We got to... We've got to try. I mean, it's really our civic obligation. They're just down the street from it. It's not like we have to go across the country. This is like Norristown and Bluebell. They're real close to us. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM560 WFIL at the Tim DeMoss Show, and we're glad to bring in Rob Mitchell uh, under the program based out in King of Prussia with, is it pronounced Victus, Rob? Yes, yeah. yes it is. Thanks for uh, joining us. Apparently you and the co-founders of Victus, Jared Smith and Ryan Engroff, are the reason Bryce Harper is going to hit 100 home runs this year. Well, <laughs> we certainly hope so. I mean, I, I personally don't hope so. I mean, I'm a Mets fan, so cards on the table. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, I grew up in New York, so... Well, uh, you're allowed then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us a bit about what Victus is and does, for starters. Well, uh, we make wood baseball bats for um, professional baseball players and obviously amateurs, um, but mostly mostly professionals. I mean, we have two 250 bats come out a day just for, just for professionals. Um, wow. I mean, they're probably the highest quality bats you can get in the market, um, Okay. Yeah, Marucci is Marucci ended up buying us last year, um, early in the year. I think it was around February. Okay, they ended up buying us, and they um, they have the largest market in the MLB. They they probably do anywhere from about three hundred to three hundred and fifty bats a day. Okay, and Victus have, is the under their umbrella. We own about. I'm sorry. Uh, Victus is under their umbrella, then, or yes. Okay. Yeah, we're a we're a subsidiary of Marucci. Okay, and you're based in King of Prussia, so that's a cool, it's a local thing well within our broadcast range. And uh, maybe you could share for a moment, because we're excited to have Bryce Harper in Philly now. He's hitting 500 on the season, and he's, you know, he's living up to his contract for sure already. Yeah. But how did did, uh, Jared and Ryan, uh, you know, the co-founders of Victus, get connected with Bryce in the first place? I guess it's a gradual thing where you have a reputation already with other major leaguers. It helps to pave that way. Um yeah, I mean, I certainly think that they had they built a good rapport with you know a large majority of the MLB yeah. um, and minor leaguers. That certainly helps because word spreads fast. To you know, this company has good bats. This company, you know, kind of doesn't. So, um, I, <laughs> yeah. I certainly think that definitely played a role in it. Um, and I think it was obviously gradual as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they would they probably met him a couple different times in spring training and uh, you know introduced their product to him and you know the Bryce Harper is getting of course the highest quality stuff you can get in the market sure. um, from every company that's not just from us that's you know Tucci and Chandler and Marucci everybody's giving them their best quality stuff in your experience so, uh, for this just tuning in we're uh, chatting with Rob Mitchell with the company Victus which is based in King of Prussia and they're one of the suppliers for the bats that a lot of major leaguers use including Bryce Harper of the Phillies What's involved in general in the creating of a of a perfect bat? Is it a lot of back and forth conversation with the player in terms of their feel and going back to the drawing board and trying different things, or what's what's that process like? Um, it, it really depends on the player. Mostly, like we have certain guys who you know they want to swing uh, four different models in one week. Um, you know, Marwin Gonzalez of the Astros is one of those guys. He he likes to swing pretty much two two three new bats every week, and it's, hmm. it's kind of it can get frustrating at times. Um, 
because you know you don't have that continuity. So you're always creating new names for models. You're always creating new models. So that can that can be kind of a pain. Um, but yeah, I mean, Har- Harper is actually one of those guys who he likes to swing a lot of different uh, models. He tries a lot of stuff out. But I mean, is it, is there a situation where, for example, if a, folks are watching any ball game, they'll see a player go back to the dugout, maybe just made an out, and he puts his bat back down in the, in the cubicle area. And there might be ten bats in there. In your experience, are those bats different depending on the situation, or are they like ten of the same in case one breaks? Um, well, most guys actually end up ordering around twelve bats at a time, twelve to eighteen. Mm-hmm. So um, most of the time, it's the same model. Okay. Yeah, I'd say ninety percent of the time, it's the same model. With uh, just but it might be different specs, so you know, in one case, most guys swing 33 and a half, so some guy might want to try a 34, 34, 31, 33, 33 and a half, 31. Yeah, just, yeah they like to try a lot of different things. Yeah, I was, and the reason why I ask is I can imagine there's you know, the starting pitcher for the games is more known for his off speed pitches, and then there's a closer who's throwing 100 miles an hour. And it's different. Yeah. Would they maybe want a different variation of what their of their core model that they like, but something slightly different depending on who they're facing? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Like if you like you said, if someone's facing uh, someone who throws really hard, then they might go with a lighter bat. If someone they're facing someone who throws really really slow, they might go with a, a little bit of a heavier bat. Yeah, chat with Rob Mitchell of Victus, based in King of Prussia. Uh, they're one of the companies that supplies Bryce Harper's bats and many other major leaguers. Are, there's some names off the top of your head folks might recognize uh, that, that you supply bats for in, in the majors. Um, well, Mookie Betts, uh, who just won the MVP last year for the Red Sox. Yeah, Jose Altuve swings our bat. Um, he won the MVP the year before that. Obviously, Bryce Harper. Um, that's so really it goes cool. on and on. <laughs> That's fun. That's good. When did how did you get involved with working with Victus in, in, in this line of work? Um, well, it all goes back to my senior year of college. I uh, I was looking for a job, and uh, I, I was a college baseball player myself. Okay. Um, so so um, you know, they, they, Victus really looks for people who have a big and experienced background in baseball. Sure. And uh, obviously, I had that because I've been playing baseball since the time I was five years old. So. Uh, 16, 17 years playing baseball, you're going to know pretty much everybody who's in the big leagues or a large majority of them. Yeah. So um, they look for that. They they really did look for that. Um, and they like to have like a, a big locker room atmosphere. They're they're big on that. Um, and I kind of fit right in with everybody uh, kind of right away. So it was, it was nice. That's neat. Well, and they, it sounds like they're picking people who appreciate the game for starters and, and really know what it's like, the importance of having just the right bat. For you know, because mm-hmm. that's your that's your weapon when you're up there. That's your main thing. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. How much is really riding on? I, I like to think a little I don't know, differently. Where I think, okay, we have this guy. We all the trouble uh, and the all the work. I should say not trouble. Work that went into signing Bryce Harper. This long contract, and in a lot of ways, how he does really rides on some very basic things like having cleats that, you know, hold together well, that fit good, mm-hmm. and a bat in his hands, and a glove that he can catch the ball. Like, you know, those are maybe forgotten, but mm-hmm. they're super important. Is it? That's mm-hmm. not really lost on you, probably, the importance of the success of the players, uh, depending yeah. on, on your craft. Yeah, I never really actually thought of that. Um, I mean, I guess I think about it in terms of if a guy strikes out, well, it's not really our fault. That's his fault. But if a guy hits a home run, well, you know, maybe it's the bat. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of go back and forth on that. But yeah, I never thought of it in that way. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, what the value of that three hundred and thirty million? You know, even yeah. even the difference between a couple of home runs one way or the other, or a home run at the right time because the bat was made right, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, can, uh, to me, uh, yeah. that stuff is very real. It's very practical. I'm, I'm sure Bryce knows it and the other players too. Uh, does Victus yeah. deal directly um, at all besides the majors? Like if there are people listening, like uh, people who run township clubs or like uh, colleges, or do they ever do bats for, for you know, programs like that? Was it more? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've done bats for a variety of different programs. Uh, Gwynedd Mercy, um, who's a local college yeah, around here, they, my, my uh, they wife... just ordered trophy bats for their senior team. Oh, cool. Um, so, like, we, we do stuff like that all the time for people. Uh, we, we actually give a lot of deals for uh, teams, depending on how many bats they order. Yeah. Uh, if they order 12, 24, however many, they can get a certain percentage off. That's neat. My wife actually graduated from Gwynedd Mercy, so I know. Oh, great. <laughs> well familiar with that whole thing, and uh, that's yeah. great. If people want to find out a little bit more about Victus, is there a, a main place to do that? Yeah, uh, VictusSports.com. Okay. And it's V-I-C-T-U-S and then the yes. word sports, so there's a double S in the middle, like short stuff? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Sports or bats. I'm not 100% sure on the website. Just, okay. Just Google Victus. That would be the best way. Okay. That sounds great. Well, thank you, Rob. It's a privilege to chat yeah. with you and, and le- learn a little about it. It's a neat uh, thing to think about. I know – you you know a lot of can I mean can you tell when you're watching Bryce bat if he's using one of your bats? I'll tell you one thing: working for this company has made me look for every single person's bat. <laughs> it changes the way I've watched baseball. It really has. Yeah, it's oh. it's, it's an incredible it's an incredible thing. Yeah. You're rooting for different things. You know, people are rooting for the wins, and you're rooting for the bats. I mean, and the wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope he hits three home runs, and I hope the Phillies lose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you again, Rob. It's nice chatting with you. And uh, Yeah, not a problem. Well, maybe we'll chat again down the road sometime. All right, great. Thanks, Rob. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. That, that's Rob Mitchell with Victus and King of Prussia. He's a Mets fan, but we'll let him on the show. You think, Joe, one more time and down the road? Maybe? Maybe. One more time? Yeah, that's all right. He's allowed. He grew up in New York, he said. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. And good afternoon. It's Tim DeMoss on the Tim DeMoss Show. You're listening to AM560 WFIL. And uh, I wanted to kind of jump back to an introduction of who uh, who I am and, and not more than that. I grew up in a Christian home, which I'm very grateful for. I've been at the same church since I was a kid, New Life over in Glenside. Uh, and as I got older, entering seventh grade, my faith became more real. I remember uh, the day before, because it was going to involve changing schools physically, going from elementary campus to the high school campus, I remember thinking that being a big deal. So I, I got down on my knees and uh, I just prayed for a while and I read God's word. Like, I really want to start off the first day of seventh grade in a good way. And that was the turning point God used for me as far as just the impression of having daily devotions and time with him. So that was a, a, a key point in my life. I went to Christian school all 13 years over, over at Philmont and Drescher and Erdenheim areas. Then I went to Penn State, uh, kind of the opposite side of things, you know, squeezed four years into six, changed majors. And I actually started out in communications, but I was working part time in radio at the time and figured, well, I'm already kind of doing communications. Why don't I jump over to something else that I also love, which is teaching. So I actually wound up getting a degree in math education. Uh, I have a teaching degree, which I officially never used, but it would be an amazing profession to be in. That's another story as to why I didn't use it. But uh, in any case, that's kind of that background. God blessed me with a very godly wife, and we have five children, uh, two sons, and then three daughters. Uh, All the kids love sports and music, as do I. Um, Favorite games include Scrabble and playing Pinochle, among other things. 
very competitive. Used to keep and still do in some ways to keep standings, even amongst the household. Like if you came to our house and played a game of ping pong, you were in the league. Even if you only played one game, you were in the league. And uh, there were others who played all the time, i.e. those who lived in the house. I still have all those records from when I was a kid and a teenager and older. Uh, so we took our game playing seriously, had championships and MVPs of the household. Uh, and then in, in quote unquote real life, wound up playing baseball and soccer and coach softball. So that's a big part of who I am on the radio side of things. Uh, in 1988, 30 years ago this summer, I actually had my very first honor opportunity at WRDV, which is over in Warminster. It's a community station. You paid 20 bucks to be on the air and then you could pick an air shift if there was one available and do whatever you wanted. So I played Christian rock for a couple hours uh, every other Sunday. And then that fall, fall of 88, I actually got hired part-time at 990 AM WZZD, Christian Music and Programs at the time. And that's our currently our sister station. It's changed formats and, and call letters since then. It's now 990 WNTP, News Talk Philadelphia. So that's kind of a background as far as the early days of radio. Um, our company, our current company, Salem Communications, bought WZZD and this station, WFIL, about 25 years ago. And uh, I got hired early in that process and wound up doing an afternoon music show. And then for uh, after about a year, I, I did morning drive from 6 to 9 on WZZD. It's called the Z Morning Show. Our current NTP traffic guy, John Butterworth, was uh, on that program. A lot of fun with him. Lots of music. There were contests and concerts and theme days. Hundreds of interviews, artists, athletes, uh, mostly in the Christian realm, but not 100%. And then every day, and I want to lead to this part of things, we had 20, I'd say 20 to 40 phone calls per show. Like it was really interactive. And that's where I hope this program goes, at least in some degree. I am, I've never considered myself what I would call a traditional talk show host where I'm hopping on the air and spouting a lot of opinions and taking a couple of calls here and there. Uh, nor do I consider myself an expert on some subject. Like I almost say, well, who am I to say about this or that? I have lots of thoughts, lots of opinions, done lots of things, but I'd much rather learn from you and vice versa and from our guests too. But in some degree, as the program goes along, I'd like you to call in and be part of the fabric of what we're doing here, which is creating a community uh, locally. And, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's an isolated medium. Radio is. You can listen in your car in the privacy of your own home. But at the same time, there are a lot of people right around you. We're trying to shine a spotlight. That's, I've always considered myself more of someone who can shine a spotlight and find quality things and people, whether it's an advertiser or an artist or someone who has a new book, so that other people can get it. And, and find out more about it, have a better mechanic to work on their car or a better place to do their food shopping or learn something from another listener. I remember one of the theme days we did a long time ago on the morning show was generic food. I remember going to the store. I used to do more food shopping when, a, a, long, a number of years ago. And, you know, sometimes generic stuff is pretty good and sometimes it's not so good. And uh, so that just spawned an idea where we started talking on the air and people were calling in. Yeah, if you buy that kind of cereal, this kind is really good. It's worth uh, it's worth doing. So. We made a list, put it on the website, and it was kind of a practical thing where the listeners were helping each other. So I'm hoping that this program will develop in that direction as well. Uh, to that end, um, I'm going to share a scripture with you in a second. I want to give our number out. It's toll-free, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-WFIL, which is 800-560-9345. Uh, if you would like to give a quick call in and even just say hello and where you're from, uh, part of this development of this program is going to come from knowing who's listening. What are you about? What, what's important to you? And you can do that through email anytime. Uh, my email again, timmyd at wfil.com, T-I-M-M-Y-D at wfil.com. 
If you want to give a quick call and say hello, you're welcome to do that. Um, again, it's 800 569 Even just say where you're from. And uh, I know I've had some nice emails and I had a voicemail earlier today. Someone just called the, the main number at the station and left a, a quick voicemail and said, hey, it's great to hear you on the air again. You used to listen on the Z Morning Show on WZZD back in the day. So over time, uh, that's where we're hoping to head with this thing. But let me give you one reason why I view you, the listener, as very, very important. Um, there's a scripture in James chapter 2, the first four verses say, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, uh, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old, old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? That's from James 2, 1 through 4. Now keep in mind, I've done radio for a lot of years and, over, and, and, and through a lot of different circumstances, met a lot of people. So I know famous people and multimillionaires, and I also know a lot of people who you wouldn't know walking down the street. And in God's eyes, to me, according to Scripture, they're, they're all made in His image. They all have value. So the way I look at people, whether they are famous or not famous, they have a book or a CD out or sold millions of records— or whether they're up and coming, or whether they just they're anchoring their home and they're investing their lives as as parents and their children, which is an amazing, uh, you know, role to have. There, it's important to that this program would hopefully be a source of feeding and helping you in your day day to day task. So again, someday it may be laughing and having fun. Some days it might be uh, something more serious, uh, but whatever it might be, I. I I believe that God views you as you matter. Your life matters and it matters just as much as mine. And it matters just as much as any of the guests we've had on in the past uh, week or so since we started the program. So it's that kind of everydayness that's in my mind. And I view my role here. And I hope my role here is more, much more about uh, just kind of pulling it all together and highlighting things and building a sense of community. So that said, we're going to take a brief break. Uh, but again, if you'd like to give a quick buzz in, it's 800-560-9345, 800-560-9345. If nothing other than to say, hey, how are you doing? My name is so-and-so. I'm listening over here and uh, and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm going to go to the phones now if I can make this work. Uh, let's try this. Hello. Hey, who's this? Esther. Hi, Esther. Where are you from? Philadelphia. Really? Okay. You've been listening to WFIL Am for a I, while? Yeah, I, I listen most of the time, uh, AM 560, Yeah. especially while, while I'm driving, giving my testimony. I'm coming from Hindu background. Okay. I didn't know anything about Jesus, never seen Bible in my life. And, um, you know, I was seeking God in, in within Hinduism and also, like, um, I tried... Buddhism, read Quran, and only thing, I didn't know anything about Jesus or Bible. And I was praying, fasting, and praying to know. And I was I was also crying out that, God, why can't you, you know, reveal yourself to me? I wanted to know the truth. And Jesus himself revealed to me. And he spoke to me that I am the way, you know, you come to me, I'll give you life, you know? Yeah. And he told me to go home and read the Bible, and I started to read Bible. And uh, when I was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, I felt like, oh, Jesus is a good person, healing sick, 
helping poor, and when I came to John, and he talks about Holy Spirit in chapter 14, and I heard the same voice, and I, you know, it's like uh, he said that, I won't leave you orphan. I will give you my comforter who will guide you to the truth and life. And uh, I got scared. I said, oh, my God, this word cannot talk to me. Yeah. Yeah, And ever since, uh, you know, like I, there was such a hunger he put in my life that I finished yeah. whole Bible in four and a half months. Wow, that's good. And, <laughs> that's good. And he called me after. Well, yeah, I, I, we're almost out of time. I just want to share one thing as far okay. as your kids go. Thank you for sharing your testimony, and don't be a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter is disabled. She's 12, and when she was very little, she almost died, and there's a lot of other stuff. Um, one day we were sitting around the table with the kids, uh, with our other three children at the time. And I said, mm-hmm. um, guys, you, you know how kids can make glasses with their fingers and kind of put them on their face and flip their fingers yeah. up? I can't do that. I always like poke myself in the eye. But they were able to do it. And I said, now look at Tori. She's sitting there. That's her name, Victoria Joy. And I said, mm-hmm. I want you guys, I don't care what order, you guys say something that you know about God. So one of them said, mm-hmm. God knows my name. And another one mm-hmm. said, uh, God is faithful. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, we have to look at Tori that way. Mm-hmm. We look at God. If you think about it, there's you, there's God, there's the problem or the challenge. You have to mm-hmm. look through God at the problem, not look left mm-hmm. and right. There's God on the left. There's the problem on the right. There's God on the left. There's the problem on the right. You look through God mm-hmm. at the problem. And that changes mm-hmm. because then you're trusting in God's character and the problem is not defining your life or your circumstances. Mm-hmm. You can't explain stuff. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine says, the secret things belong to God, things revealed belong to us for us to follow. So mm-hmm. let's follow what we know, and we can trust them with everything else and rest. Mm-hmm. Esther, it's great to talk with you. I hope we get to do it again. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, sharing, and I love the testimony that Amen. this lady gave Amen. me such a great hope. Wonderful. I'll keep your, your children in prayer. We'll talk again. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. You've been listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on 560 WFIL. For complete shows and interviews, download our podcast at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening to The Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.